Our scripture today comes from the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 6, 7. What does it say? 4. Sorry, I have the wrong thing written here. But the right scripture. Here we go. Again, I saw vanity under the sun. The case of solitary individuals without sons or brothers, and yet there is no end to all their toil, and their eyes are never satisfied with riches. For whom am I toiling, they ask, and depriving myself of pleasure? This is also vanity and unhappy business. Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up the other, but woe to one who is alone and falls and does not have another to help. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? And though one might prevail against the other, two will withstand one. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Pray with me, please. Holy One, send your spirit upon us, that as your scripture has been read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what it is you have to say to us this day. Amen. So earlier this week, I tried a new route to work. Do not ask me why, because for eight years... Going up Broadway has been a tried and true way to get me from my home to this church. But for whatever reason, I found myself turning a different way to go and use university, which is never a good idea in the morning because of all the school traffic between, I don't know, Orchard and this place, right? But still, there I was pulling up to the intersection of Orchard and university. I don't know if any of you know that intersection. When I realized that something was going on, there was a man that was pulled over to the side of Orchard and had gotten out of his car, and then I looked to my right and saw that there were several cars stopped askew in the road. I had come up upon an accident. I was a couple of cars back on Orchard trying to turn left or north onto university. And I could tell that we were going to be there a minute. So I just kind of chilled. Okay, that's fine. Obviously, those who were on university could tell more about what was going on. I was a few cars back, like I said. And there were cars that were going slower. I could tell just everybody had slowed down a little bit. They were cautiously turning, going slower, just kind of taking care of that scene. When all of a sudden, around the corner from University onto Orchard, squealed a big old pickup truck with a trailer attached. And nothing against people who drive big old trucks with trailers attached, as my husband often is a person such as that, but I can guarantee he doesn't act like this, right? Jimbo, seeing you, right? Okay. Now this man was coming and he screeched to a halt right beside me. So he was kind of coming this way, I was going this way. 
He didn't quite like his angle, so he started backing up, making cars behind him start to honk because they were right there. And then he cranked it into drive right at me and started looking at me. So I realized that I was sitting right in his way to, for him to turn left into the gas station that was like over to my right. I also know this is not a good idea. As I have tried this myself before on occasion, and the line on the turn lane is double yellow. You don't cross that. So I kind of shrugged. I was like, I don't know what you want me to do. And I could tell, even though windows were rolled up, that he was yelling at me and gesturing to me very aggressively and pulling forward until his bumper was like almost touching my front end. I looked behind me, there was like a line of cars, but I think they saw what was going on and so they started inching back. I was able to reverse just enough for him to floor it through the gap to his destination. What struck me in that moment was, to prior, was that prior to Big Truck Man screaming around the corner, there was a sense of helpfulness, caution in the area. Dare I say community? Those that were being slow and careful and courteous were saying, hey, we've been there. We know it sucks. Hang in there. You'll get through it. Big truck man, however, having come from university, you'd think that he would have seen the whole situation displayed out in front of him or not, being absorbed in his own need and not really caring at all how it impacted others. Have you ever heard the saying, I don't go out, it's too people-y out there? Sometimes um, I understand that all too much. I'm sure you've had those situations as well. So today we're continuing our sermon series called Linked. How our connections to God and to one another strengthen us as individuals and communities. It is no secret that here in the United States, we live in an individualistic culture. I am not identifying that. Psychologists and sociologists have identified that. According to simplypsychology.org, most sociologists agree that individualistic cultures, including Germany, United States, um, value individual choice, personal freedom, and self-actualization, that's based on research from Kemmelmeyer, 2002. As a result, the needs of individuals dictate social behaviors rather than the needs of a larger group. In his book, Lost Connections, Johann Hari explains it this way. 
I kept noticing a self-help cliche that people say to each other all the time and share on Facebook incessantly. We say to each other, nobody can help you except you. It made me realize we haven't just started doing things alone more in every decade since the 1930s. We have started to believe that doing things alone is the natural state of human beings and the only way to advance. We have begun to think, I will look after myself and nobody else should look, and everybody else should look after themselves as individuals. Nobody can help you but you. Nobody can help me but me. These ideas now run so deep in our culture that we even offer them as feel-good bromides to people who feel down, as if it will lift them up. But it has been proven that this is a denial of human history and a denial of human nature. It leads us to, the, to misunderstand our most basic needs. And this approach to life makes us feel terrible. terrible. It goes against our cultural grain to think about and or rely on other people. There are many other cultures that have a much more collective value. That means that they value the good of the group more than the good of the individual. And as a person who is steeped in our individualistic culture, to even hear that kind of rankles me. You kind of go, oh, oh, we are steeped in this. I can do it myself, thank you, I think. It is an idea that has been bred into our cultural mindset, but that doesn't mean it's the right thing or even the wrong thing. I think it's just not the whole thing. Our need to belong is something that many of us learned in a high school sociology class when hearing about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? After we get our basic physical needs met of food and shelter, our next need is to belong, to be loved and to love. We do need other people. Even if they're people-y, we need community. Otherwise, according to Johan Hari of Lost Connections, his whole idea in this book is that as disconnected as we are in our culture, we find ourselves lonely and depressed. To end loneliness, Hari says, you need other people plus something else. It's not good enough to just have people around you. You also need to feel you are sharing something with the other person or the group that is meaningful to both of you. You have to be in it together, and it can be anything that you both think has meaning and value. Having friends, being married, having children, having family, none of that means that we are connected to one another. We have to share something that is meaningful and valuable with one another.
So this week, that same day that I almost got run over by Mr. Big Truck Man, um, I met some lovely ladies at a local restaurant for our inaugural church ladies' breakfast. Of course, I knew all of the ladies that joined us around the table, but not everyone who was there knew everybody else. I was so excited when I got back to the office and I was telling Katie in the office, it was so cool. There was like all these little connections being made. Like people over here were talking, people over there were talking, people over, it just was so cool. They had never, many of them never met and they found all these really cool points of connection. At one point, two of the participants beside me were talking about health and what contributes to good health. And one said even that studies show the benefits of being connected to others is a really important thing and actually that being a part of a faith community can have enormous mental health benefits. So I smiled. Yes. I asked if they had any ideas for the church, for how to help people connect more deeply. This, said one of them, and the food truck nights, and worship, and choir, and youth group, and all the things that the church actually does. And you know, the reason we even did that ladies breakfast, somebody was like, why is it just ladies? And I was like, we can do a men's breakfast too. That's, that's fine. We can do a inter, not intergenerational. What is it? Uh, what is it? Two genders to go. Anyway, whatever. All gendered breakfast is fine or lunch or whatever you, anyway, the reason that we did that was because there was one lady in our midst that felt as though she wanted to connect with others kind of newer in the community, said, can we have some a ladies' breakfast so I can get to know some people? So it made me wonder, are there other opportunities to offer the chance for connections among us? Or with the neighborhood? Or with people in need? I guess that really is the job of the church. Fair warning, the church staff cannot organize every gathering you might want to have, <laughs> and not every idea that you might have will be successful. But if you do have a need to connect, or if you have an idea on how to do it, give me a call, let's talk about it. And, 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 this is important. What if the connection is not all about you. What if it is about you offering a sense of love and belonging to someone else? Do you need an elbow in the ribs today to remember to look up every once in a while, notice your surroundings, and see that others have needs just as you have your own? Part of being part of the community is gaining strength from it, but also offering your strength to others. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift the other up. I pray these have been the words of the Lord for us this day. Amen.
I invite you to pray with me our offering prayer. God, in response to the love you have given to us, we offer here what we have, what we do, and even more who we are for the sake of all people. Amen. <laughs>